0: Hey, this is Reza. This is Sandy. Welcome to the Stone Cold Sober Podcast.
1: Thanks for stopping by.
0: Hello, and welcome to the 355th episode of the Stone Cold Sober Podcast. Come back to you from, uh, from Illinois, Sandy, a little bit earlier than anticipated.
1: Nice.
0: Um, nice. Yeah. So I I got a I got a bit of an update to explain why I'm back early. So we um, we obviously flew down for um, the new year, and then we were going to spend like a week or two there. Hopefully, like the plan the plan was to largely keep away from daycare because we were worried that when Gordon returned to school. There was inevitably going to be some shutdown, and it, like you know, based off of how like the Omicron uh, uh, virus is spreading, we were sure. we were worried that because uh, like anytime, let me explain that better. Anytime there's a, uh, a a student or a teacher in a specific classroom test positive, they shut that classroom down for two weeks, um, which means parents are left without daycare options for two weeks, and therefore you have to try to juggle your work and. Caring for your child um, at the same time, which can be a bit difficult. So, in uh, in Florida, we there are just two adults, not just me and Lena, but her mom as well, and her, and her mom's working part time. So the hope was that if something were to happen, if we were to get no notice that his his class um, shut down, productivity would would uh, would remain you know fairly high throughout that. Uh, in practice, uh, that one week that we were there working didn't work out so well. Like he he just demanded so much attention and it's just like, I don't know. You, you you quickly find yourself maybe working at like somewhere between half to three quarters capacity. It's it's just difficult to do. So anyway, um again, the the plan was still to stay there for the rest of this week and come back home next weekend. And on a Thursday afternoon, Lena noticed that there was an issue. So we have a nest thermostat, and Lena noticed that there was an issue with it where it, um, I think she had set it to some specific temperature, and it wasn't. It didn't hit that temperature, and then all of a sudden she got a notification that like, uh, um, our uh, safety temperature had been had been hit, and the safety temperature is like you know, hey. Your house is getting too cold or on the, the flip side hey your house is getting too hot like you gotta you gotta you gotta turn up uh the ac here It's effectively, effectively exists to like prevent your in the cold side of things to prevent your pipes from bur- um, from freezing and, and bursting and on the uh the, the the you know on the other side of of things um you know prevent whatever damage the heat would bring so mm-hmm. um you know little little bit worried about that because it's like oh shit like is our heater broken? Is our thermostat broken? Like what's going on? And there's only limited, uh limited uh things that you could do from, you know, like a thousand miles away. So it's like, okay, well, you know, what, what's what are the steps here? So we go into the app, we try to um you know increase the temperature. And so I think at this point it's like, okay, well, the thermostat should be trying to heat to like 55 degrees or 60 degrees, whatever it was set to, right? So it should be trying to heat to like 50 some degrees. But it claims that the place is 45 degrees, and and it knows that it's not at that temperature, so it should be heating. Um, however, it was not heating, and all of a sudden the the nest goes offline, <laughs> and so it's like, oh no, like some, something's wrong with you know again either the thermostat, the heater, some combination of the two, but the thermostat is off, it's offline, so I can't I can't even see the temperature in the house. I'm trying to like log into all of our different smart devices that we do have at home, trying to see like what has a uh, a therm like what has a te- what what reads temperature and sure um like you know what has a thermometer and nothing as far as I was able, able to figure out has has the thermometer. So, um at this point the house is just getting colder and colder, and I have no idea like is is the Nest offline? Um the Nest is offline, but all of our other devices are online, so it's not it's not like an internet issue. Um, after like two to three hours of like kind of slightly freaking out and trying to figure out like should I fly back um, it comes back online and we try to increase the temperature but nothing happened. but it did state that it it uh, it got to the emergency temperature threshold, which was like 45 degrees and the heat kicked on. And I think when that happens, I think all that happens is that it gets to that 45 degree mark and then the heat kicks on for like 30 minutes it pushes it up like two degrees and then it shuts mm-hmm. it off and then it can just your ca- pipes burst
1: at 45 degrees
0: i don't know i don't think so i think it has to get lower. it doesn't seem like it's a freezing temp right yeah i i don't really know what like your what the threshold is um i don't know yeah. if there's like some leeway of like 30 some like if it's you know 32 and you're and in and you're done i don't know if it's if there's some like protection and insulation that that keeps the the uh the pipes maybe slightly warmer than the the, the remainder temperature in the house but um nevertheless it's not something that you want to to mess around with and I so that. yeah <laughs> so um the so at this point it's like okay we'll resign to that we have to return home so the question is do i go home first or do do we just all pack up our stuff and leave the next day which would have been friday um and we decided that I, in fact i was actually trying to consider leaving thursday thursday night but Um, the flights like I would have gotten in really late and it you know in hindsight now it's like yeah that would have been a bad idea the only reason I didn't book it was because of Lena's encouragement but realistically had I taken that flight I wouldn't have gotten into the house until about 11 or midnight or if I if I couldn't get the eight o'clock flight it would have really been getting in at like 1 a.m. and um, I would have been trying to do all these repairs in like a freezing cold house when I'm really sleepy and tired so it makes it made much more sense to go the next day so Friday, okay. I went. Lena and Gordon stayed, and they're going to be coming back on a Tuesday. So just a couple days now. Um, I hate, by the way, just I hate leaving them. I don't like not being around. I don't like that Lane is going to have to fly with Gordon alone. Like I've told you many times, he's a bit difficult to fly with. Um, I think sure. Lane has much more patience with it than I do. But even so, I feel like it's a lot better to have you know a partner, yeah, someone there. It's who, better like, to the double team than play man to man. Exactly, exactly. So. um so anyway, um, yeah, I fl- flew back, got in, uh, flew into Milwaukee. Um, our house is kind of equidistant between Milwaukee and Chicago. So we kind of have the option um, to decide based off of rates and, and convenience. And so Milwaukee was more convenient. So I rented a car, drove it down, got to the house. And, um, you know, the day before I was doing research to try to figure out what was going on with the thermostat. And from what I could tell, it seemed like what was probably happening was. Um, so do, do you have a, a Nest thermostat? No, I wish. Tell me house. more
1: about how Nest works.
0: So there there are two features that are convenient. that We really only got it from one of the features, and it's not exclusive to Nest. So you hardly need a Nest to be able to do this, but it's really to be able to control the the, the thermostat from outside of the house. You know, we can control now, it from all around the world.
1: Is the Nest something that, like, you basically need a home, uh, like a home AC thing, or could you, like, do it... Like is it connected to your home AC control stuff? Or is it like separate thing? Yeah, no, it's connected. To
0: it? It's directly oh, okay. connected. So so your existing thermostat you would replace with the nest. Um, you would hardwire the nest in with the existing wiring that your current thermostat has. Is that and hard to do? It's actually not. It's it's much easier than you might think because things are fairly standardized, but there's a lot of, there are a lot of different HVAC units. And so like on the nest back plate, so the, there's like two things, right? The, the the nest has like what's called a back plate, which is where the uh-huh. um the wires will connect to. And then the okay. nest itself, so it kind of slots into a few little uh, it has some like some pins and it. it kind of slots into that. So it receives power and then controls for how you know, controlling the heat the and the AC. But there's all sorts of different HVAC units, you know, some that uh, I don't know I don't, I don't know anything about HVAC but there's a bunch of different types and so the nest is okay. kind of designed to be fairly universal but based off of what based off of the wiring that your current thermostat utilizes you basically just mirror that onto the nest itself so like I say see. say your your thermostat if you were to remove the uh, the the, uh, the face of it and expose the underlying wires on the back plate you might see like a red wire a green wire a yellow wire a white wire. Um, and then you might see like, and they're all going to different slots on the back plate, but then you might see a bunch of empty slots on the back plate with no wires going to them. That's basically, it's like, th- that is a level of feature that the that back plate or that the thermostat itself could handle if it was connected to a unit that supported those other wires. But in the case of your existing uh, HVAC system, it doesn't require them. Therefore, there are no wires that connect to it. And that's completely fine. So, like my my house, there are I think five, I think there were five wires maybe that were connected. Um, and there is something called a C wire, which stands for a common wire. And the its purpose, and I didn't realize this or I didn't understand this before or even know anything about it, right? Like it's it's like, oh, the red wire goes to the R plug, cool, plus slot that one in. The white wire goes to mm-hmm. the W, slot that one in, cool. Like you don't you don't know anything about what's any, you know, what any of these things are doing. What I did know, however, was when I installed the nest at this house, uh, when we first moved in, there were two wires that weren't going to anything. And I was a little worried. I was like, well, do I need these? Could I use these? Like, what's the purpose? That's like Um, building
1: something and having like 19 screws left over. And you're like, (laughs) for for me, it's like, I don't need these.
0: (laughs) I'm sitting there like, oh, shoot. Like, where were these supposed to go, right? (laughs) Um, So I, um, so... One of those wires is suitable for the common. And common is basically, so like the nest operates on a battery. It draws its battery or sorry, it draws power for the battery, which is how it like, you know functions via Wi-Fi and everything else, you know all the other advanced features that it has. Sorry, speaking of which, I, I forgot to mention the second feature that the nest has, why you would want one. It has like smart sensing technology to determine whether like based off of Wi-Fi signals or I guess potentially Bluetooth, if you are home, because if you're if you're not home, like say you leave the house, you don't really think about changing your temper, the temperature in the house. Um, like mm-hmm. let's say you like it like 70 degrees, right? And you leave the house at 70, the nest will actually reduce the temperature in order to save power once it determines that no one's home. And then when you come back, it'll start to increase the uh, the temperature back to normal. Or like say you you go to work five days a week and you leave, you know, the nest knows that you leave at like 8 a.m. and you come back home at five, you know, five or six p.m after a period of time when it learns like what times you leave and what times you come back it will like it will shut off the 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 heat or the ac when you leave to conserve power and then it might turn on the ac or heating a little bit before you get home that way it meets the temperature that you typically like to have it at based oh, off wow. like you know the settings that you do now that's a feature that we actually don't use but it is it would be really you know it's it's pretty convenient because it makes it Yeah just- for sure one less thing that you're really finish, you're really messing with. Like it learns the different temperatures that you typically like to set it to. So after a certain point of time, you just don't even have to change the temperature at all because it knows what you like. Um, so anywho, I go to the basement, I check out the wire, the other end of that wire, and I see in the um on the uh, the HVAC system, it's not plugged into anything. So I'm basically able to just um use that wire for whatever i want so i connect the common wire to the common on the uh the nest back plate and then i um there's a few other like wires that are in the the uh the other end of the, in the of our um uh the uh, our hvac system that use the common um circuit i guess and so mm-hmm. i just connected it to that same one um try to plug it in it didn't turn on for a bit um but it just basically because the the nest still needed some a little bit of time to charge um charge the battery so you can just plug it into like a micro usb cord like a you know, standard oh, cell phone wow. charger and charge it up a bit so uh, i did that and i ran to home depot um because i ended up identifying another problem uh when i came home which i'll get to in a minute but um you just
1: want to use your home depot uh, uh, dude, credit dude
0: so annoying <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to just pay off that credit card never use it again that's really what i want to do um oh really Yeah, well, just because I don't really feel any need. Like, there's no benefit of utilizing it. Like, the the reason, so when we got the Home Depot card was to get the flooring material when we were doing all the flooring in our house. And we got it because they had, like, a promotion where you got, like, six months or something of 0% um, financing. So we just did that. Not that we didn't, like, we just, you know, whatever. So. Yeah, flexibility. So, yeah, exactly. But otherwise, I didn't. I don't see any benefit of utilizing that over just say like my normal American Express or Visa or whatever. It's just like another thing to think about and remember to pay off at the end of each month when I don't really want to have to think about it. Um, anyway, so go to Home Depot, do a couple of errands, pick up dinner, came back home, plug the uh, the thermostat in, and um, still wasn't working. It was still like saying like it came on, but it wasn't heating to the desired temperature. Um, but I ended up finding a hack after a period of time. I started realizing I was constantly getting that, like that safety temperature threshold being met for a period of time and yeah. realized, I think that, I think the nest was bugging out. Like I think it was glitching out. I Googled it. And some people had written that they basically just did like a factual reset and that solved the problem. Um, but what I did was I, uh, you can force the heater on, like you can take the nest and force it into a testing mode and it can wow. stay in test mode indefinitely. So I just said I wanted to test the heater and I just let it stay on for like two, three hours. And once it got above the 50, 50 degree threshold, which is the lowest temperature that you can set on the Nest, it then allowed me to turn the heat up to a temperature and it started trying to heat to that specified temperature. So by the morning, the house was like 60 some degrees and it was back to normal. But the other issue, and I I, I know I've really been going on for a bit, so I'm just gonna t- tell this one quickly. Um, when I got home, um, I found that we had a leak in a pipe. Now, this pipe, this 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 leak was unrelated to the nest. It, it wasn't like the the pipes didn't burst or anything. There was a slow leak in our bathroom, or sorry, in the kitchen sink. I think the hose that connects the dishwasher to the um, to this um, to the kitchen, or uh, the kitchen sink, and uh, it was a slow leak, and we were gone for like a week or so. Will that water? Dripped and pulled into the, uh, the no. base of the cabinet, which then overflowed and went onto the floors and just kept going. Um, we have wood floors in our kitchen. And oh, I, noticed the, I noticed this when I went to the basement. I was doing the HVAC stuff. And I noticed one of the drop ceiling tiles had a massive water stain mark on it. And I was like, oh, no, there was a fucking leak go up to the yeah. kitchen or go back up to the kitchen uh walk towards the sink and sure enough the floor's wet i look oh, I, I, no. I i look at the floor in addition and, and you can see the um when when wood floor gets gets water damage it starts to like buckle and so yes it does the, the yes, planks does. become super concave and you can literally feel the seams where they Warping. connect yep it's completely warped and it's a sizable amount like i'd say it's probably like 100 square feet of uh of the of the uh the the, the planks are warped Yeah. A
1: hundred square feet.
0: I'm guessing. Maybe it's a little bit less. That's a lot of square feet. I mean,
1: you you may be right. I'm just surprised that yeah. I'm not surprised. I would
0: say sixty to one hundred. Like it's probably a a third a third of the kitchen is warped. Like it 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 went pretty far. Um so when I went to Home Depot that's a kitchen, man. Congrats. (laughs) When I went to Home Depot, I bought I I didn't buy, I rented some of those um those fan blowers, those those uh, air blowers to dry dry up. Uh, moisture, dry dry water. So that's what I did. Got a a few of those and um, brought them home. Um, Still in the process of of working that out, but I was able to communicate with my my homeowner's insurance as well as um, Surf Pro. And uh, they were super helpful, super nice. Um, So scheduled somebody to come out. They're going to take a look at it tomorrow. So we'll get an estimate. We need to determine if we're actually going to submit a claim on it because we're a little wary about what it's going to do to our monthly rates um, if we do file a claim, but it's going to be a bit dependent on how much they're going to think it's going to cost to repair, because it doesn't seem it doesn't seem like it's going to be something super cheap. So thankful that we have the insurance, uh, but geez, super 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 annoyed about this. Um, anyway, that's uh that's it. So home for now, working on some projects while uh like you know things around the house while. I don't have uh, a Gordon to take care of, but still stupid, like stupid things. Like it's, I can't sleep in anymore very much. Like I'm still waking up at like seven, seven 30 at the latest. I'm not oh, setting yeah. any alarms or anything. I'm like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to knock out sleep for like eight, nine, 10 hours if I want.
1: You're a parent now, but
0: wake up. It's like seven. I'm like, oh crap. Like I thought it was nine today when I woke up, I look at my watch and it was like seven 15. I was like, oh, all right, cool. I guess.
1: You are a parent now. You are on parent time. <laughs> yeah, right.
0: <laughs> so, anyway, that's uh, that's been the weekend. That's been the yeah, that's been my weekend. I guess much of, much of my week as well. But I miss being out of Florida because it was so warm. Like it was like high seventies, low eighties came back here in single digits it snowed the day that we left and that same snow is still around yesterday we got freezing rain my driveway is icy like my driveway was icy all day today i tried to like lay some salt and stuff like it doesn't do anything um yeah so i i just can't wait for the temperature to to raise up above freezing at least so that none of us are busting our ass when we walk outside especially gordon
1: um welcome welcome to sort of that that midwest
0: winter huh i bet
1: the midwest winter is worse uh, than the east coast winter
0: i guess so uh yeah (laughs) it's like uh you you know um you know the um that podcast i'm trying to i can't remember the name of the podcast it's hosted by matt barnes and uh steven jackson they're like yeah all the smoke they're like "What, what was your welcome to the nba moment well I have a what was your welcome to home ownership moment, and uh, and that's that's been it. It's, it's it's a bit it's a bit tough, I guess.
1: It's uh, the joys of home ownership, you know. Yeah, you yeah. own everything, but you now also own the problem. You sure do. But uh, hey, you know it's uh, I I'm super. I mean, it, it's it's uh, it's still exciting, you know. I, I know I know it's not exciting when you're dealing with stuff. But yeah, it's, no. uh, it's still awesome, anyway. Slice it. I mean, I'm. That's where my story, uh my story kind of segues pretty nicely, in in the sense that Carolyn and I are starting to go see places, uh, see open houses. This weekend was the first weekend we started going to see actual units. Uh, we started in on uh, on Friday morning. Yeah, we saw a place because. Um, different units have different open, uh, open houses, obviously. Um, so really quickly,
0: really quickly. What are your minimum requirements for a house for uh, a uh, a unit?
1: Uh, minimum requirements right now are a two bedroom. Uh, it has to be a true two. Well, okay. it doesn't have to be. I think I think we'd like for it to be a true two. When we say true two in New York, uh, people tend to say, "Oh, it's a one bed." with an office that could become a second bedroom it's like yeah no that's that, we hear that we'd like uh, a more true to which is like these two uh rooms have like they're they have doors on all sides they have uh, a door sorry walls on all sides with a door um we'd like some some really nice to haves would be uh, like washer dryer in unit that's not a need to have oh, yeah. it's certainly a okay. very nice to have uh, we're feeling like a doorman uh, oh an elevator is a must have um, especially because if we're looking to have kids soon with a stroller uh, obviously walk ups are, are not ideal uh, yeah. doorman for packages I've, I've had I don't know about you but I've had certainly my fair share of packages stolen in my lifetime uh, wait wait and-
0: have you really Yeah, when I was living in college, uh huh. Yeah, I mean,
1: because when I was living in college senior year, that apartment that was not a doorman uh, building was a four story walk up. You know, very basic East Village uh, apartment. Uh, The issue was because there's no doorman, um, people would just steal packages. Uh, Man, and, and it was easy to steal because we didn't have a locked door with the street. So they just saw a ton oh, of packages. Wow! Yeah, you could just take them.
0: Any random and person off the street could just come in. Yeah. Any random
1: person. I'm not even suggesting wow. the neighbor stole it. You know, I'm just yeah. sort of saying, like, yeah, um, people off the street
0: could take it. So it's like, yeah. all right,
1: well, you know, not ideal. Don't want to deal with that. Um, sure. So, like I said, true two, uh, or as, as two bedroom is a is an, is a requirement. We're not looking to get a uh, a one bed. Uh, we're looking to stay here for a number of years. Um, the other nice-to-haves are, you know, a, a larger uh, living area that can comfortably sort of keep, like, we can keep our furniture because we have a large sectional, we have a large dining room, we like to host. Uh, a big kitchen is, a, is important to us because Carol and I, we both like to cook, and if we're cooking together, we need a lot of counter space. We also have a lot of kitchen appliances, um, and so that's really important Uh and so the other thing is, we'd like to keep our maintenance fees, which are your building fees. Uh, so you have your, uh, there's two sort of costs. I mean, and this is oversimplifying it, uh, but there's two costs there is the mortgage that you pay, mm-hmm. uh, and then there's the building fees. Building fees, uh, the, depending on the building, could include stuff like, you know, uh, just the just running of the building fees for, for different things, but it's sort of like your homeowners association, but a little bit more because your taxes are included in that and what have you. And I know we spoke about what it was like to buy a co op versus a, a condo a few episodes ago, but essentially you're buying shares in a corporation with a co op, so you're not really buying uh, property, you're buying shares. And one of the sh- parts of being a share owner means that you get a proprietary lease on the uh, on the space, uh, right. and the other thing is because it's a co op, fi- we found out today because we saw a bunch of co ops today. Co ops don't have to list, uh, don't have to give you a uh, a floor plan. Uh, with condos, you get floor plans. But with co-ops, they're not obligated to share like a a very accurate floor plan. They still still have floor plans and they tell you the room size. But like if you're asking like, hey, what's the total size of this uh, place? Everyone's like, oh, we're not sure. It's like, (laughs) oh, okay, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, we wanted to keep. So the reason why I bring all this up to to sort of bring it back is um, we want to keep our monthly costs uh, sort of. As controlled as possible, and if that means that uh, keeping the building fees lower is is part of it, that's what we like to do um, because the monthly fees, uh, sorry, the, the maintenance fees can go up uh, year over year. Sometimes they go up; they don't always have to go up, but they can yeah. go up. And so we figured, well, if they're going to have a shot at going up. Let's keep them as low as we can to begin with. Uh, considering this is just one of those costs that, like, will it true, will continue to, to build. And so we saw a couple of places on the Upper West Side. Now, one thing to note about the Upper West Side is that it's older. It was part of the city that got built out earlier. So a lot of the buildings that we saw were like 1900 or uh, like 1900 to the latest, we'll say 1940. Those are considered pre war. Uh, And by war, I think they they literally refer to World War II. Um, So those buildings are much more like hand masonry on the outside. Um, Not all of them have uh, elevators because they're so old. Uh, Most New York City apartments up to uh, the the, the updated law is five floors, but there are some grandfathered buildings that are six floors that are walk-ups. So you would have to walk up six flights to get to your apartment. And uh, not every building is suited to build elevators. Um, So that's one thing. The other thing is uh, radiator heating. So exposed, like, I don't know if you've ever lived in a place with a radiator, uh, but like if you search radiator, New York city apartment, you see these (laughs) big wrought iron radiators that essentially are steam powered. And, you can't really, like, you have a nest, so you can try to control your, like, like your home's temperature, right? But with right. a radiator, it's, like, it's either on or it's not. And the joke is it's either 1,000 degrees or it's freezing. <laughs> uh, and so, okay. the, you know, with the prices of some of these places, you're like, well, do you really want us to have to spend over, like, or close to, you know, you know. I don't want to give prices quite yet, but uh, expect a lot of money and yeah, not be able to fine. really control the temperature. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, that's sure. a, that doesn't seem too good. And so no. uh, that's something that we're learning. Uh, the, the positives, though, of a pre-war building, really tall ceilings. I don't know the ceiling height in your home right now, but we saw some places that were like 12 foot, 10 foot. Oh, wow. Which for New really? York City is a lot, you know. This st- yeah, standard is height. Yeah. yeah, the standard height I want to say is seven to eight feet, I'd say. Okay. Yeah, probably um, eight. Yeah. If
0: it's like, seven, that'd be crazy, I think.
1: You'd be surprised for a New York City apartment. <laughs> yeah, I for think New York That's to,
0: why it's like, I think.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they they're just trying to pack it all in. Um, yeah.
0: I think like standard doorways are like seven feet ish, but I'm not sure.
1: Yeah. And so, you know, we also saw that, you know. Not all with like older buildings, not all places can get uh, washer dryers because you just have to hope that uh, the water and the waste basically, it's the wastewater lines uh, can support it. And a lot of this is just like based on board approval. And so that's just it's like all these like intricate extra things that have to happen. Yeah. Um, and so, just you know. We we saw six units today, uh, all up and down the Upper West Side. What was great, I'm sure you and Lena know this more than we do, since this is the first weekend of open houses. Uh, different places have different like positives that other units don't have, and so yeah. we we you know because because it's the first weekend and we didn't we didn't have um, like we're not completely ready to. Uh, to make an offer in a place quite yet. Um, it was just like we are still getting acclimated to what to expect at, at, at certain places, and so it's it's been fun. You know, some places have an awesome kitchen. Other places have really nice bathrooms. Other places have a super square um, living space. Other people have really tall ceilings, and so it's just like you know re. Constantly looking at our, you know, our list of things of like what we want, what's considered a non-negotiable, um, what actually is and isn't, and like being flexible with certain things, you know, uh, it, it's, it's certainly a fun learning process, I'll say. And so it's uh, first weekend, and you know, this weekend we, like I said, we focus on the Upper West Side. Next weekend we're going to focus on the Upper East Side, and. Um, and, uh, yeah, so like I said, Upper West Side is a little bit older uh, because it was developed in a city earlier. And so, like, uh, you know, the places are a little bit smaller and all that. But what we found was a lot of the places on the Upper East Side are a little bit more affordable, uh, which is a great thing. Uh, I'm not looking to rent another year if we can help it. Uh, but <laughs> that's also because the Upper East Side was just built out in, uh, in the 60s. And so there are fewer pre-war buildings, many more places with elevators, you know, with doormen. Uh, there's certainly a lot of places without doormen. Um, but we're looking for a building with a doorman just to, you know, 20. And there's a difference between 20 full-time doormen versus part-time doormen. Some buildings only have doormen 9, 9 a.m., 5 p.m. Other people have it reversed 5 p.m. to 9 a.m., Um and we just feel like it'll be, you know, for us it'll be safer. It'll feel safer, not only for our uh, packages to always be sort of signed for, but just always someone in the building. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, we're definitely. so used to living with doormen that like we, we sort of understand the, uh, the relationship, and we're very comfortable in that. Um, and so that that'll be uh, next weekend. So uh, I'm happy to share with you some of the places that we're looking at. Um, we still have to. Reach out to our current property management to see if they'll let us break the lease because our current lease runs till uh, November, and there is a possibility where if they uh. don't allow us to break the lease, then we're going to have to just look for a place and sort of cover two, you know, two rents. We'll say uh, a mortgage and a and, a, and a rent. and we're trying to keep that number as small as possible. Obviously, you know, yeah, uh, sort of flush with cash. Uh, Would it be possible to sublet? uh, There's always a possibility. But the thing is, we're unsure if our place is subletable long term because our pricing that we got for this is like pandemic pricing. And so we're paying a 40%. uh, We're getting a 40% haircut on this place. Uh, Normally, the rent is way, way, way more expensive than what we're currently paying for. Uh, okay. And so I'm, I'm sure the building. I was thinking like, you know, it'd be nice if the building let us break our lease so that they could move it back up into a pandemic, uh pre-pandemic, like proper pricing for this unit. Right. Uh, but we'll we'll sort of see what their uh, their appetite is on, on all that.
0: You're about to have to make a presentation to them, like here here's why you guys should let us out.
1: Kind of. Uh, <laughs> and it's like you know I've been i I've been a, a model. Uh, you know tenants for so long, and you know yada. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to pull out all the all the stops if I have to, but uh, yeah. we'll see. We'll yeah. see how it all plays out.
0: You don't want to miss out on your opportunity for this place, and uh yeah, you certainly don't want to have to be paying double rent or, or you know yeah. rent at double a place that you're not living in.
1: Exactly. Uh The good news with double rent may be that it gives us an opportunity to like slowly move in and uh, update the place without you know feeling we're updating true. the place that we're living in. Yeah. So, so there are pluses there. Um, the obvious uh, downside is it's twice as expensive, but it, it could be something that we uh, we have a stomach for. What we don't have a stomach for is renting another year, uh, yeah. just because of the some timelines that we think we're going to be working with. That you know, if we're living in this place for a set number of years, to rent another year just eats into that time, and that's not ideal. Yeah. Uh, and so that is uh, just some high level sort of like uh, decision bits that we're working with, um, but I'll update you uh, as we as we go along. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, that sounds good.
1: Yeah, it's such a different process, and I'm I'm happy to to share with uh, with you and our listeners what it's like to to buy in the city. It's just so different. Yeah. Um, it's, it's different because you know with you and the way that you buy it's very traditional you can close in a month here yeah. the, the average closing time on is three months uh, for, for co-ops which are like a much larger uh, uh, a number of you know units in the, on the market and so um, all, all fun things but you know all in due time uh, are we gonna find something out
0: yeah no that sounds really good though
1: cool that's really it for me I said we get out of here.
0: All right. Sounds good. All All right. Well, I'm Reza.
1: I'm Sandy. Thanks so much for listening. See everyone next week.